the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, and welcome to Thursday, 800-951-0592, the website at allamericangold.com. And at least for one day, no rain. It's going to rain again tomorrow. And then uh, cold weather, we're going to only be in the 50s, Jason. That, that's that's ridiculous. That's crazy talk. Well, it's 12 degrees where I'm sitting, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, so barely... Jason's got a Hawaiian shirt on. Here, I've, I've got a long sleeve shirt going. You know, it is. We, we've been wussified. I, I'm just telling you, when it comes to the weather, uh, if it's below like 75 degrees, we act like it's freezing. The snow and the cold that blew in in December was just finally getting out of my neighborhood, and then that, that big snow came in. So uh, now we got this. At least the roads are plowed, and uh, it's easier to drive around again. But, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I don't like December snow in Colorado because sometimes it hangs around. And, uh, you, it's not, you know, the East Coast, Joe, you were in the East Coast. When it snows there, it kind of just sits there all year, right? Yeah, and once it starts snowing, it stays. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up in Syracuse. It's not Buffalo, don't get me wrong. Uh, but, yeah, once, once the snow's on the ground, it, it, it usually is there uh, for the duration until the spring comes. You know, the front range, I don't, it's a little different on the front range. Uh, you, you guys will get snow, but then it'll, it'll warm up enough to melt, and then it'll snow again and melt again. Elevation, Joe. That elevation, we get a little closer to the sun, and it just uh, gets rid of that snow pretty quick. So that's that's what I rely on to get through the winters in, in Colorado. But once in a while, I remember in 2006, we got – a huge blizzard, and then every, I think it was every Thursday for like five weeks in a row, we got hit with snow, so it just never went away. It was it was miserable. I think it was the longest time I've ever seen snow just stay on the ground. I think it was like March or April before it finally went away. So that's, so that's not common here, Joe. I, you know, Arizona's got the desert, so you've got uh, warm weather constantly, and, uh, and then here we got we got regular seasons, but the snow does disappear. That's one of the things I like about Colorado snow is it, it goes away normally. Well, now that we've concluded the weather, the weather. Uh, portion <laughs> of the show, uh, man, we got a lot going on today. Uh, yesterday, another down day for the Dow, uh, another one again today. Uh, not unexpected. Uh, we had Jamie Dimon out talking uh, about interest rates. We had more Fed speakers that we got to get to, and, and then uh, we had jobless claims. Every Thursday we get jobless claims, and we've been waiting, saying, hey, are we going to get this sign about layoffs? And in the seasonally adjusted numbers, Jason, we didn't get it. Matter of fact, seasonally adjusted, uh, we were only at 190,000 jobs uh, where people filed for unemployment for the very first time. If you took the unseasonally adjusted numbers, that was like 285,000. So uh, this is my guess. I don't think we've had the the big layoff wave happen yet. I, I don't think we're there. 
Uh, and then again, I don't think it's as good as the seasonally adjusted number because I still think they struggled, Jason, with, with they just didn't hire like they normally did during the holidays. And so I think I think the seasonally adjusted number is probably a little too aggressive. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll keep watching it, Joe. I just uh, I think the inflation uh, is still going to be uh, a lot. It's going to be high this year. But I think it's going to come down. These, these next few months, that CPI number is going to come down, come down, come down. And we'll just see what happens, Joe. I just, I think it's going to be a rocky road. I think sometimes it's just not, you know, it's just not going to make sense. It's not going to happen on a time frame. And I mean, Joe and I, we, we were talking this morning. It just, when you know something's going to happen, you just want to, you know, it's like if you need to pull a splinter, you, when you have the splinter in your hand, it's a, it's a, it's a pain. It's, it's an irritation. It's not, you're not dying of the thing, but it's just irritating. And, and it, you just want to get, pull the thing out and get and move on, right? That's what I think is going on with the markets. We know that things are going to go down in a, in a, in a bad direction, but you just want to get it over now. I'd, I'd, I'd rather the thing just happen this month. you got to get it over with and start moving in some sort of re- recovery cycle. But it's, I don't think it's going to happen on the time frame we want, Joe. It's going to happen a little slower. I mean, it could happen over a long period of time, and I think it's going to stay bad for a long time. Yeah, you know, you pull that splinter out, but it doesn't all come out. Right, it, it, yeah. they're still they're, right. It's still in there, right? Yeah. You got to get the needle and the tweezer. You got to dig it in and dig it out. I think you're probably right. This was not a number. Let's put it this way: uh, this was not a number that that I think Jay Powell was excited about, right? I, I think this he would have much rather have seen claims, you know, two thirty, two forty, two fifty, something like that, versus a uh, hundred and ninety thousand. I mean. That's historically such a, a low number, no matter what time it is. I mean, that's a number that would be even, it would be really good even when the economy was cranking. Uh, we weren't getting numbers this low. Yeah, yeah, I know, Joe. That's, that's, uh, I, I think the jobless uh, situation that the feds were aiming for for the, uh, the inflation, uh, to go down, I, I think that's going to happen. I still think it's going to happen. That's going to happen this year, and and uh, we'll see those jobless claims go up. We'll see the the the, the businesses uh, have trouble staying open, and then and, and fleecing people. I just I, I keep going back to this. The, the coronavirus uh, emergency created a situation, Joe, that that uh, makes makes companies hold on to their workers differently than they were before 2020. I, I just think it's going to be hard to push those guys, those businesses that are that have a, a flow of employees. You know, it used to be, hey, you worked a 40-hour week, right, Joe? Monday to Friday, you know, the other weekend. We were so far beyond that that people have gig economies and they and they, and they don't have the nine-to-five thing. And they might be working 20 hours, they might be working 50 hours. I think these businesses uh, have learned to adjust, so they don't they don't want to do the hiring and the firing. Let's face it, Joe, you you know, with the radio station, hiring and firing people, there's a process that it's tough to re- replace somebody you get rid of, right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll continue to monitor it. Uh, the good news is uh, we're about done with these big seasonal adjustments. I think we'll get a more realistic picture here in the next couple of weeks. When we get back, we gotta say, I gotta tell you what Jamie Diamond said. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Joe and Jason, Patriot Radio News Hour. Uh, gold's up fifteen nineteen twenty two. Silver's up thirteen cents twenty three 
75. The Dow is down uh, 210 points. The S&P is down 30. Uh, the Nasdaq's down 100. Uh, crude oil up 65 cents right now, $80 and, and change on crude oil. This market update brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi. And again, uh, an investment not correlated with Wall Street that really makes a lot of sense, especially in this crazy times uh, and what's going on with, with interest rates and the economy and everybody talking about recessions and, and all this other, you know, the wars and everything's just throwing it out. Now we got a debt ceiling crisis, right? All, all of these things up to 10.25% returns guaranteed. Listen. You know exactly what you're going to make every single month. The interest is compounded daily. You can use it uh, to, for income. You can get that interest paid to you monthly if you like. You, you can roll it. You can do whatever you want. The best part is no penalties on, on for early withdrawal. You always would get back your entire principal. Check them out. InvestYRefi.com. Invest. The letter Y R E F Y dot com or eight 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 Y Refi twenty four. And as I've told you over and over, you do need fifty K uh, to invest with Y Refi. Uh, that's the minimum. One of the things too, I wanted to throw this out there because I was talking to my, I was talking to Y Refi and the guys over there. Uh, you can do this if you have an IRA. Uh, that, that you're like, hey, you know what, I'm tired of watching it uh, be so volatile with Wall Street. You can actually do this with inside of an IRA as well, Jason. So uh, even another great way. Yeah, White Refi gives you an option that's not uh, commonly available. There's, there's, there's good investments out there. There's always, you know, during the, re, uh, the, the Depression, uh, a ton of millionaires were made during the Depression. There, there was opportunities out there. Just because you hear, you see all this gloom and doom from your history doesn't mean every single person was was in the streets begging for food. Uh, Y-Refi is one of those uh, opportunities to invest that's that's there. It's, 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 it's a very specific situation. They have a very specific business model, and it works. I mean, there's these things do exist out there. It's just that you need to know when you, you see the opportunity and then take advantage once you know about it. And that's that's why Joe has brought on uh, Y Refi. This is why you, uh, why they're sponsoring uh, the Patriot Trading News Hour and the, the Half Empty Cup of Joe. Yeah, and and you know today uh, we heard from Susan Collins. She's the head of the Boston Federal Reserve. Uh, yesterday we heard from Bullard. He's a non-voting member. Collins is a non-voting member, uh, and, and of course Bullard would like to see rates between five and a quarter and five and a half, which would mean two more half points. A half point in, in, in the what less than two weeks now, uh, the February first, a half of a point, and then a half of a point in March. Collins, she's a little less aggressive. She would like to see rates. Just over five, so between five and five and a quarter, which would say, hey, half point in in in, in February, then a quarter point in March, and then be done. Jamie Dimon came out, you know, and Jamie Dimon, he's been talking out of both sides of of, of his orifices lately because he was talking about a Fed pause. Uh, what was it? A week or two ago, 
Uh, and today, he now says that rates are probably going higher than 5%. So just so right now we're at four and a quarter to four and a half. I think Wall Street is betting on a quarter of a point February, Jason. I don't see it. I still say we're gonna get that half point, which is gonna put it between four seven five and five percent, and then Jamie Diamond saying, Hey, I think we're probably gonna get another little one in, in, in March. So whether that's a, a quarter or a half, either way, I, I, I'm gonna be very curious to see if the Fed, if we get more Fed talk now about slowing the pace and stopping the pace, but it almost seems like they're, they're getting uniformity here that the rate needs to be Somewhat above 5%, but not too far above 5%. I haven't heard anybody talking about 6% or higher than that. Uh, this is kind of where they're, they're, they're saying, and, and again, this is how they like to do it, right, Jason? They like to deliver the message beforehand. Yeah, I think the half point is most logical still. Um, well, you look at the markets since Biden came in January 2021. You know, he, he was elected president. Uh, you had the Dow around 33,000. You had the S&P around 4,000. And you had the NASDAQ around 11,000 or maybe 12,000. The NASDAQ and the S&P have fallen off over that time period. It's fallen off a little bit. The Dow's kind of just sitting there. And that's with the full right year of the... 33,000, what, just over 33,000 of uh, the yeah, S&P... Yeah, the S&P's at 38.95. I mean, the Nasdaq may be a little lower, but it's at 10.8. Right, and, and the point I'm making is is that with all of the inflation that started transitory in 2021, and then the the inflation that continued in 2022, and the rate hikes in 2022, through all of that, the markets have got this this flat, straight to the side uh, sort of situation. So I think Joe, as long as is, is things continue in the markets to be in that controlled uh, realm. I think the half point in February and March, maybe they drop it to zero. They don't do anything. I don't know, maybe a quarter point. But, Joe, I think I think the rate hikes stop dead in its tracks if you start to see these markets really going down. I mean, you see the Dow 28,000, okay? The rate hikes will be done at that point. I think that's, that's kind of where we're at. And it, it all seems very contrived and controlled to me. I can't believe the markets could be this sideways for this long and not dropping or going up substantially it's it's pretty interesting well yeah i mean they're off their highs right i mean the the, the yep. dow got to almost about thirty seven thousand. the s p got almost to 4500 right the nasdaq was was over thirteen thousand. it's off the highs but to jason's point if you stretch it out to to say by the inauguration we really haven't gone anywhere uh and and that's kind of saying something because they printed a lot of money since then uh, here's what else is interesting about what Diamond had to say, that the underlying inflation, he says there's still a lot of it. There's still a lot of underlying inflation, and he says that it won't go away so quick. So, again, I, and I'm going to say, and I've said this all along, it's not going away until people lose their, their jobs, Jason. I, I'm sorry. I just don't see any other way around it. We're, you're going to need job losses. We're going to have to have a major, major recession, I think, before you can actually say inflation has gone away. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's, there's, there's no other way to really look at it because uh, the inflation is still going, and it's going at a high level. It doesn't matter. As, as the, the, uh, the mass media the other day, I heard them say, oh, there's six straight months of inflation going down. And it's like, well, yeah, 6.5, which is more essentially 13% inflation, it's very, very, very high. You can't, you can't say that things are, are good because the inflation is just coming down a little bit. Joe is right. You, you know, the, the inflation is here to stay. It, it, I, I don't see in the next several years this higher inflation going away completely, Joe. I, I can see it dipping down dramatically like it's doing right now and maybe go all the way down. And then I think you see it come roaring back up. I think this, this is going to be a multi-year problem. And all gold and silver is going to do is more and more people don't like this up and down nature of what's happening. They're just going to more and more people are going to pile into gold, Joe, more and more and more people. Because I think inflation down, inflation up, the market's down, the market's sideways. I think gold is just going to continually grind its way upward uh, and, and be more valuable versus the dollar. Well, you know, one of the things Jamie Dimon mentioned, he talked China and said, listen, we benefited greatly from the shutdowns in China. That's over. Uh, he's anticipating, he said, called China deflationary, and now that has come to an end. Uh, once again, yesterday, Saudi Aramco saying that crude oil demand, now that China is reopening, they expect crude oil demand in 2023 to hit a new all-time record high. And I think that's probably what's got Jamie Dimon now uh, changing his tune a little bit is, hey, you know what, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is are we going to see 4 and $5 gasoline again this summer, uh, especially with the war in, uh, with Russia and Ukraine still going, and now China back open again? It's going to be interesting. You know, I watched that Gerald Salente piece earlier in the week, Joe, that I mentioned, I think, on Monday. Uh, one of the things he says, like, you know, without that coronavirus emergency, China, who's been locked up for so long, they'd be the number one economy right now. <laughs> you know, think about that, Joe. They might, they might actually be the number one economy if they didn't lock down. Close. I, I don't know if, if they would have gotten there that way. It's going to happen. Right, and, and, and India is on the move uh, behind them. Now, India's got a long way to go, uh, but, but India is going to be the third largest economy in the world. China's going to have the, the largest economy. And right now, it's about $4 trillion difference in dollar terms between us and China. And, and obviously, China reopening, let, let's add a trillion to that. Let's call that a trillion. Well, now it's a $3 trillion difference. And I think that gap continues to close. And before 2030 rolls around, uh, China will have the, the largest economy in dollar terms. Listen, they, they have it now. It's just not in dollar terms. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, I just, it, it would be interesting to see what would have happened if, if they didn't shut down since 2020s. I, uh, you're right. You're right. It would have been close. Who knows? But those, those three, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, those years were not very kind to China. And then, I guess in some ways it's amazing their economy has done as well as it has during that shutdown. Yeah, and again, you're probably right. If you factor in all three years, right, because I guess it started in China first. I really, uh, yep. you know, 2019. We're looking, right, right, when we're looking at it, it really, I guess, started in 2019. Uh, you're right. We probably would would have been talking about something much, much closer. And instead of 2030, and, and pro my guess is, It'll happen before 2030, 
It could have happened right as early as 2024, 2025. We'll see how it goes along. Uh, something else to note. We've been talking, uh, talking about this as well. China once again cutting its holdings of U.S. treasuries. Uh, the pattern is very clear here. Not only is China selling treasuries, but we know what they're buying, right? They're buying gold instead of U.S. dollars because when they're buying treasuries, you're essentially buying dollars. And, Jason, uh, China's finally admitting, hey, this is what we're doing with all of those treasuries that we've been selling. They're, they're buying gold. And uh, there was an article out today saying that they expect China to add to their gold holdings every month in 2023. It doesn't surprise me. I, I think China uh, and, and, and many central banks and countries, and we've, we've you, how many how many different countries, how many different stories, how many central banks have we talked about that has been uh, plus buyers of gold and silver? Uh, when I first came on doing shows with you in 2018, 2019, Joe, uh, we kept we're still talking about how many countries were still selling and how many people were still kind of not getting into it. But now it's like it's hard to find any stories of somebody selling, Joe. It's hard, it's hard to find any stories of central banks and countries getting out of gold, right? It's always which country is buying how much and how much are they buying more than their neighbor, right? Right, yeah. And so it, it, we'll see uh, how all of this plays out. But I think the, the, the trend here is pretty clear in that uh, most of these nations are, are looking for something other than fiat and whether that's it's not just dollars right that they're they're trying to avoid but there's something happening and we haven't talked enough about it with with japan how long can japan uh do what they've been doing and there's been some reports jason of cracks in the japanese bond market we're going to talk about that next Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Picture Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason. Uh, Twenty dollar gold pieces and silver quarters. We've been running them on special all week long. Uh, the twenties one through nine at twenty one fifty. Ten or more at twenty one thirty five, uh, and then those rolls of silver quarters at two hundred dollars a roll. Uh, that puts your, your price point at below $28 to the ounce. Uh, right now, gold's up 15 in change, 19.22 in change, uh, right near the highs of the day. Uh, silver's up 11 cents, 23.76 right now. The Dow uh, loss is picking up a little bit, down about 265 points, but Jason, we talk about, uh, you know, these, you know, I'll call them uh, black swan events, you know, stealing that from, from Talib. Um, and it may be somewhere where we don't look a lot, uh, really big problems in, in Japan uh, this week especially. Uh, last week we know Japan had to give up and, and say, okay, we're going to let the Japanese 10-year note go to a half of a percent. Uh, they were trying to keep it at 25 basis points. And, and, Jason, we remember what happened. They lost control of the currency. They had all kinds of problems. 
and then and then they announced, hey, we're going to let the interest rate go to half of a percent in one day. It went right to that half percent. But all this week, the bond yields keep trying to break through that half of a percent that the Japanese Central Bank is saying, hey, that's the top, uh, causing real chaos now. So when you think about Japan, they did it first. They were the first to go to zero. They went to zero in 1999. They were the first to introduce quantitative easing, right? They started that, Jason, in 2001, right? We didn't follow them until 2008, but it's an interesting path. Obviously, we're not Japan, but we've got similar problems, don't we, right? We have huge deficits, right? We, we have a central bank that can't help themselves uh, and continually try to, to – to, to meddle in these markets because they don't want true price discovery. That's really the problem. Because if we had true price discovery right now, the 10-year note would be, what, north of 7, right? Uh, the Dow would probably be a lot closer to 20,000 versus 33,000. They're trying to hide price discovery. But, Jason, it's so bad now in, in Japan that they've spent – over a hundred billion dollars this week alone in quantitative easing to try to keep the yields in check. Lost you, yeah, we lost you there, Jason. So, so while Jason uh, gets himself unmuted, still can't do it. Yeah, so he, he's working on it. Uh, just, just so you know, these could be, you know, those those unexpected events, right where. Uh, we wake up, and, and, and of course in Japan, most of us will probably be asleep, uh, and there's a big break in, in their bond market, right? And all of a sudden, things get out of control. We, we remember the last time that happened, right? We had gold up, I want to say gold was up 80 bucks on that day, and, and I think we're setting ourselves up. we got to be very careful here. Most of the catalysts, when we talk about catalysts do drive gold and silver prices up or catalyst to drive gold and silver prices down. The vast majority of the catalysts are in driving prices higher, right? We've talked about it already. All this talk about, hey, we're almost done with rate hikes, right? That's a catalyst to the higher side. Uh, quantitative tightening hasn't been nearly as expansive as they said. In other words, they're not tightening as much as they're supposed to tighten a, a catalyst. Uh, I think that could very well come to an end this year, another catalyst. Uh, but now you throw, uh, you know, whether we had problems in the U.K., Jason, uh, now uh, the, the bond market in Japan, I don't think this problem is going away. You know, Japan owns... The vast majority of all their own treasuries, they own the vast majority of the stock market, uh, and, and this could be something that nobody's really focused on that, that really spreads, and you talk about contagion throughout the world. Absolutely, Joe, absolutely. I, uh, I liked when you brought in the history of, of Japan trying 0% before we did it later on. Uh, it's interesting. There's... When the decisions are made by the big banks of the world, there's always, I think, a test market for the things they do. I don't think anything is done without some sort of a test. 
uh, as an example, Zimbabwe has got their own digital currency going on, and they have Bitcoin next to it. And, and they're seeing – you better believe they're watching what's going on as, as most of the people are, are running towards Bitcoin. Uh, I think Nicaragua is also running – uh, all Bitcoin in their economy, and, and and they're watching what's going on, Joe. So uh, you need to look at where things are happening in other countries to see what decisions are going to be made here and how that's going to affect us, Joe. I, I find it interesting, yeah, that Japan went to 0% in 2001. Their, their, their economy didn't completely fly off a cliff. I mean, they went down in 2008 like everybody else, but but they didn't, they didn't die because they went to 0% in 2001. That must have made the Fed feel really good about when they did it. Yeah, and, and again, uh, but the one thing that, that is very clear is they've never been able to normalize policy since, right? And, and we're in the same boat. Think about it. We tried, right? Janet Yellen, oh, you know, we, we, we took our balance sheet at $4.5 trillion. We got into the high threes. Uh, we got the Fed funds rate to like 2%, and then we had to quit. Now we've got this horrible inflation, and Jason, the balance sheet's still eight and a half trillion, and already they're talking about having to quit. Has it even gotten as low as eight and a half trillion? We're right there. We're right there. Yeah, we're right there. So, man, it took them a while, didn't it, just to get that that far? I mean, it wasn't the whole last year tightening. You know, you know, it's, why? why why did it take them a lot long just to get one half of a trillion out of that nine? Or was it nine plus trillion? Right. That's well, yeah, that's crazy, just, just under nine trillion. They're hundreds of billions of dollars behind where they're supposed to be, uh, and a lot of it, Jason, they can't sell those mortgage-backed securities. Uh, by the way, the t- the Federal Reserve took a big loss in the fourth quarter as they started this tightening. Uh, they only remitted uh, about $78 billion to the Treasury. Uh, remember, last year they remitted over $100 billion, uh, so they lost about $25 billion. This year they're going to end up negative money, but don't worry, they don't count it. It's fine. Maybe that's why everybody's buying gold. 800-951-0592. Jason and I are coming right back. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason. Uh, Twenty dollar liberties. One through nine. Twenty one fifty. Ten or more. Twenty one thirty five. Tell you what I'm going to do. Twenty or more. Twenty one twenty two. Right now, gold's nineteen twenty two. That just puts it two hundred bucks over. Uh, we haven't been that close to spot since. COVID, right, and all the shortages and all the huge premiums. So I'll reward you. You wanna you wanna buy a good portion of twenty dollar gold pieces today, twenty or more at two two thousand one hundred twenty two dollars, and then don't forget those rolls of silver quarters at two hundred. Uh, the Dow is now down a little over three hundred points. Uh, twenty thirty two thousand nine hundred in change. Uh, I will say this since you brought up Bitcoin. Boy, Jamie Dimon trashed it again. I don't know, you know, he's trashing it yet, but somehow his company still does, uh, you know, stuff with uh, kick, uh, with with cryptos. Uh, called it a fraud again. Just be careful. Jason and I, uh, we think maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum stick around. 
there was news uh, today. I saw it was today, but it was, it was out. Uh, one of the crypto banks got bailed out by, we have a, a, a bank. It's a private bank. It doesn't get taxpayer money, but it's supposed to uh, provide mortgages for housing. They actually bailed out one of the crypto uh, when FTX collapsed. Uh, there was another one getting ready to collapse, uh, and they let them like over $3 billion uh, just to try to stop it. Jason, I- I'm telling you right now, the crypto thing making me nervous. Without a doubt, I think there's, there's more uh, carnage to come there. I think when uh... – when we get to the point where a digital uh, currency in the United States is put into place, <clears throat> I think Ethereum and Bitcoin, and, and uh, let's, let's understand that there are different types of uh, cryptocurrencies. The way Ethereum and Bitcoin operates is different than the vast majority of the other ones. Those are all, they all, all those other ones have a, a middleman that you have to use, like Coinbase or something. And in that situation, a, a third party can pull a piece of, of the action, essentially tax your cryptocurrency. In Bitcoin and Ethereum, you can actually exist just in the space. Joe, I think when we get to that digital currency uh, worldwide, especially in this country, those will only be allowed to exist if there's some sort of regulation or some sort of uh, middleman that allows you to come in and out of the space by paying a fee. That's the only re- the way the Bitcoin and Ethereum will be allowed to exist once a Fed coin exists in, uh, side by side. Joe, that's that's how I see it. And then. Uh, just to talk housing here, I'm getting more and more nervous. There's, things just don't add up. Uh, San Francisco, prices are down 30%. Uh, we're starting to see some of these places uh, where you're seeing big declines. Like in, We haven't seen it here in Arizona. I don't think you've seen it yet in Colorado. The problem is uh, housing stopped being regional like what back during? Remember the the housing crash and all that stuff. Uh, it's it's an indicator. Then we had KB Homes. KB Homes. They're one of the largest new home builders uh, in the market, and they just released their their latest earnings. It was interesting what was inside of it, according to KB Homes. Skyrocketing buyer cancellation rate in the fourth quarter. The rate spike, get this, to 68%. So KB Homes said, hey, listen, of all the people that said we're going to buy a new home from KB Homes, 7 out of 10, just under 7 out of 10 canceled the order. Go back to the housing bust. That number, by the way, was was much, much lower. We never got anywhere close to a 68% cancellation rate. To, to give you perspective, the fourth quarter of last year, it was at 13%. Uh, the third quarter of 2022, it was at 35%, and essentially doubled, Jason, in one quarter. I think what that reflects, Joe, in my mind, is is that we're heading for the same type of thing that happened before, and you have a little bit more mature home market that knows that it actually can happen. I think in 2008, a lot of people just didn't think it could happen. I think now people know it can happen, so those numbers being higher, I think, reflect, well, this is happening again, and there are some guys out there that are giving the advice out there that, hey, this has happened before. You better watch out. Don't buy a house yet. 
That's that's yeah, what that's I, and to just, me, Joe. just to give you an idea, in 08, okay, so this is the kind of the hike there. The cancellation rate for KB Homes was only at 50%. And I say only. I mean, that's that's horrible. Uh, and, and so, Jace, I'm just worried about it here. This is not a good sign when we talk about about housing, and it really uh, starts to disrupt all these numbers that we're seeing. You know, hey, we're seeing, a, oh, hey, there was a spike in new, in, in new home purchases, and then you find out later, well, nah, not, not really, because 70% of them ended up canceling. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good sign, Joe, for sure. <laughs> Housing prices are not down 30% in this area, Joe, but they're down. And so we'll, we'll see how that, uh, how that goes. And this is another thing, you know, the, the housing prices countrywide didn't hit its all, its, its full low from the 2008 until 2012. 2012 was, was the actual low. So there's quite a few years, Joe, that that took place. You know, maybe a little bit of a slower crash. It, it just seemed like it was all happening in 2008, but it happened over several years. Yeah. And now inventory of new homes is starting to pile up here. Uh, up 200% from a year ago. Now, granted, that was low then. Uh, doesn't look like they're low anymore. And they're saying that the inventory is now 50% higher than the 2019 level, so before COVID. Uh, so, Jason, again, another one of these signs. Uh, that's why get in and buy what you can when you can. 800 9510592 final segment coming up under 9510592 and, and you know what's funny is home builder stocks are like at record high prices uh something very interesting uh, that that and I think a lot of this had to do with supply chain. An overwhelming amount of new homes is going to be hitting the market in 2023. Over 800,000 new homes are are scheduled to hit the market. And, and Jason, uh, right now inventory levels are now the highest they've been since 2015. And it's really something, uh, again, housing's been, I, th- I thought it's been hanging in there, hanging in there. Uh, I'm starting to get, you know, too many signs are now saying, hey, this is a collapse, just like what we saw the last time housing collapsed. And, and so uh, I'm not ready to say that yet, but, man, it's starting to look that way. Yeah, I don't yep. know if we're going to yeah, have a Jake, housing there collapse you go. Like you got eight. You know, I, I don't think that's going to happen that way. I, I just think this is going to be different. I don't think you're going to see the the scope of housing prices going down uh, just because I think a lot of people got so spooked and so scared. And, and, and you know, when one couple of houses in a housing area go down, Joey, it can affect the entire neighborhood. I, I just don't think there will be as much panic. I think enough people have seen this one time before, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I mean, let's face it, if housing prices go down 20% in the entire country, well, that's, a, that's a bear market in, in the stock market, right? So I think that's that's pretty bad. Yeah, we're, we'll watch and see. This was, uh, you know, the the new homes was kind of the bright spot. So uh, really kind of uh, shocking to hear uh, KB Homes said, hey, 68. And this was the quarter. 
So, you know, you thought October, November, December, you know, almost seven out of ten of those sales weren't sales at all. <laughs> I know. It's, I it's mean, such a bad number, Joe. <laughs> it's just a bad I, number. I don't, you know, what do you do? Well, what you do is probably a little later this year, it'll be nine out of ten. I mean, because at some point, you just not a good idea to buy, right? You know, yeah, I know who will yeah. be buying when it's crashing. I know who will be buying those. those oh yeah, we, we, you're, you're right about that. And, and, and if you want to believe uh, Jamie Diamond, and, and 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 I don't have a reason not to, right? Rates are still going higher, right? We're going to get at least, in my opinion, at least 75 basis points before a pause, maybe a full point before a pause, uh, which just means, right, that that we have problems. But again, I'm going to point this out. The bond market is saying something's terribly wrong. Right now, it's at 339. Jason, it's been as low as 337, 336 today. Now, do you think it's going to go a lot lower than that, Joe? I mean, is that the trend? It's hard. I just don't, you know, we're going to, we know we're getting a rate hike in 13 days from now. I'm just in disbelief. As we're watching how low the 10-year note is compared to the Fed's funds rate, which again just shows you the Fed really can't control anything. No, it's supply and demand, Joe. It's kind of how it works, you know. <laughs> it's there because I guess it has to be there, right? Yeah, and and again, uh, we we get a, a a break in the Japanese bond market. Uh, we can see the 10-year note even go lower, right? I mean, it, it's possible. Well, I mean, I guess anything that's a paper asset eventually can go to zero. I guess, I mean, it would be weird to say, but I guess it could it could go to zero. You, know, you never know, right, Joe, if things get really bad. 800-951-0592. Take some of that fiat money and turn it into real money, uh, gold and silver. God bless everybody. Listen, Jason and I. We're coming back with the half-empty cup. And we got a, an interesting show for you today, for sure. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 